0: Gary Renard podcast episode 56 welcome to the Gary Renard podcast episode 56 that's a lot of episodes well there'll be more But here we are. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. This podcast is your up-close and personal connection to Gary Renard, the best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and The Inimitable Love Has Forgotten No One. Oh, I love the choir of angels when they come in like that. And they're singing in joy, ladies and gentlemen, as we welcome to front and center stage the star of our show. It is Mr. Gary Renard. Thank you, thank you. you, you. The crowd goes wild for you, buddy. Uh, It's great, it's great to hear. And, you know, it's it's more and more of an international crowd, probably an interstellar crowd, but certainly an international crowd these days. Because you've been a traveling man once again. As we record this, you have just returned home from travels abroad to places both ancient and exotic.
1: That's true. You know, I, I actually feel like I'm uh, turning into an Asian. You know, it's like, uh, it's been quite a trip. I mean, we started with mainland China. Uh-huh. Uh, in May, and that was a great two-week trip—Beijing, uh, you know, Shanghai, and uh, just—I mean, we could do a whole show just on that. And uh, I was in Taiwan, ah. where I attempted to tie one on. Oh no! <laughs> 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 and that was—that oh, was amazing. This is uh, Taipei in uh, Taiwan. And uh, I didn't know very much about Taiwan. I didn't realize that it was an independent country, uh, totally separate from Hong Kong. And, uh, you know, you learn a little bit about all these places as you go there. I've learned more about Asia in the last year, because we went to Japan uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, well, first uh, the mainland, China, then Taiwan, and then we got back uh, from uh, South Korea. mm mm-hmm. And uh, that was just an amazing trip. I mean, just uh, great people. We had a sold-out crowd, and I didn't realize that uh, my three books actually preceded the course. The uh, Course Miracles was just published there uh, about a year ago. It took um, many years to translate the course into Korean. It's not easy. It takes approximately 50% more words to say something. Uh, in Korean. Oh, like no kidding. Friend, yeah, my first book, The Disparency of the Universe, was over 400 pages in English. Uh, it's well over 600 pages uh, in Korean. Yikes. And A Course in Miracles, which is about 1,300 pages, is about 2,000 pages in Korean. And, and mm. you know, some people, every now and then, they have me sign a course book. <laughs> <And> it's a <laughs> huge <The>
2: book. <laughs> is kind of, like a phone <laughs> book. <laughs> going yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, the people there have been been fantastic. We're going back to mainland China. And uh, uh, this has really been uh, the year of Asia for us. And it's been great because uh, Cindy and I get to be kind of like the most visible teachers there of The Course in Miracles. And the countries that we go to, uh, you know, uh, we're the ones that people look to, you know, about the Course. Uh, For example, uh, Ken Wapnik, who I always referred to as the Course's Greatest Teacher. Uh, he's only had one book published in uh, so far in South Korea, and that's a fairly small book of his called The Talk to the Non-Course in Miracles, which is great, but uh, uh, the people in Korea haven't had uh, a lot except for my books. And then uh, my third book came out last year about the same time that the Course was published. So the way that it's worked out is that the people there has been reading my books and then going to the course. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting uh, phenomena to see because uh, they tend to understand the course better than most beginner students of the course who try to read the course before they've read much about it. And, of course, it can be very confusing and uh, very difficult uh, to understand because the course is a holographic uh, presentation. It starts right off with its most advanced principles, like there is no order of difficulty in miracles, right? And uh, you can't possibly understand that at first. But if you read the disappearance of the universe and, and then read that, you would know why there's no order, yeah, difficulty in miracles.
0: And I I can only imagine how tough it is with the translation and for people to understand. um, And it's one thing to go from English into Spanish or French or, you know, Danish. You know, the the languages aren't that far removed from each other. There, There are structural similarities. But when you go to Korean or Chinese, it's such a different, everything in every way, the language is used so differently. So the subtleties of the course itself must be really tough to express and for people to actually understand unless they kind of know the framework already. So your book, being much more conversational English, probably is an easier translate than the course, which is a, a, a rather oddly structured form of English in many ways. So if if you get the framework and the understanding of that from your books um, or Ken's or, you know, anyone who explains what's going on, then when you get to the actual course, okay, now it may seem a little oddly structured, but I know what we're talking about. So that's got to be a big help, especially for, for Asian speakers who have that added burden in, in the in the understanding of it.
1: Yeah, it's very difficult to, to translate English into the Asian languages. Uh, we just had, uh, you know, two translators uh, so far, two of the countries, we've had two translators, and one of them, well, two of them, we've had just one translator. And uh, you can hear them like we'll speak, and we'll stop every two or three sentences to give them a chance to repeat what we just said. And very often, a sentence that you end a couple of words with, you can hear them saying the words that you had at the end of the sentence. They have to say them at the beginning of the sentence. Mm, Yeah. And because of the language in it, it's really amazing to me that they can even do it, because it's uh, it's very complicated, but they do a great job. And uh, the people in Asia have been wonderful. We have been fortunate enough to uh, be kind of like uh, the leading teachers, like in Korea, the, the course is just starting and on the mainland. Uh, it was just starting four years ago and Disappearance came out about two years ago and uh, we've been fortunate enough to be there to kind of like point people uh, in the right direction. We do long question and answer sessions uh, in these countries and people get their questions uh, answered. and. It's just been a great experience to be there, and man, they've been good to us. I mean, they've they've just been absolutely wonderful Mm -hmm. uh, to us. They treat us so good, and uh, it makes you feel, uh, you know, kind of like you're making a contribution because I I think that people without uh, some kind of serious help uh, tend to totally misinterpret the course and uh, not really understand what the basic message is and uh that confusion is kind of like contributed to by people uh in this country who don't understand the course but who like to be heard and uh you know like to uh you know write negative things about other people and uh they kind of like uh confuse. The issues, they don't, they think they know what the course is saying, but they don't. Yeah. And then they, in turn, confuse a lot of the new students. There are a lot of new students in the course who are confused by these people think that they know what they're talking about when
0: they don't yeah that's always my biggest concern and i always try to you know not defend i'm always trying to okay just observe this and and i have no concern about anybody who chooses to think about things in a different way if you want to believe that it's the course that you think you understand while you say things that are totally the opposite of what the course says that's fine it's your business do what you want but i'm always just concerned about the and this is me projecting the seemingly innocent people okay nobody's innocent but the seemingly Uh, the newcomers people who come along and they've they in all innocence have said in the earthly sense have have said oh i've heard this course in miracles thing is great let me find out about it and they make their first contact with someone who teaches something entirely different and they go well oh i guess that's what it says And, and they just don't know it's not their fault They've just being misled by someone. So that's where my concern always is that, you know, be honest about it. If you're not gonna teach the course, just call it something else. You know, a a course in what I believe, you know, not, not what it actually, because it's so clear. I mean, it may seem confusing, but over time we've discussed this, the course is never contradictory. It it always is coherent for its own message. It, it always makes sense. It may take a little time to sort that out, and then you go, oh, okay, now I see the clarity of it. So it's always there. And anyone who continues to misinterpret is doing it intentionally. But again, the newcomer doesn't know that. So that's that's the only place that I want to step in a lot of times and say, wait a minute, you're saying this is the course, but it's not the course. You know, so uh, who that's knows? That's right,
1: and uh, that does depend a lot on... Uh you know, who you first uh, come into contact with? Yeah, like uh, there's this, uh, you know, group out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, they call themselves the so-called Course in Miracles Society. Mm-hmm. They they publish what they call the original version of a Course in Miracles, which includes material uh, that was stolen, and uh, was not supposed to be in the course the Helen Shuckman and Bill Setford uh, deliberately left out of the course because it didn't belong there, and then they stole it from the Library of Congress and, uh, you know, the library in Virginia Beach there, the Edgar Casey Group. It, it's kind of like, uh, and I write about this on my website. If anybody wants to see uh, how the editing of the course actually happened, they can go to my website and read down to read Gary's opinion of, you know, other versions of the course. And, uh, you know, how would you like it if you wrote a book, and it was a work in progress over many years, and it was published finally when it was no longer a work in progress but a work of art Yeah. and you put it out there and then somebody stole your first draft from you and illegally published it and then told everybody that this was the version that should have been put out and then on top of that call you a liar (laughs) you know they, they weren't even there but they call you a liar for, uh, you know, editing as you go along, even though that editing was actually done by Jesus. Right. And and, uh, now, and I've heard people, you know, or seen people say this on the internet. I've I've seen them say, oh yeah, that uh, Ken Wattenberg is a liar, Uh, Gary Renard is a liar, the world is real.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it's like, wait a minute. I mean, the world is real. And, And you're a Course in Miracles student, you've got to be kidding
0: me yeah i mean is it i always let me allow me to quote because what I've, I've said this to a number of people and, and the quote is <laughs> there is no world this is the central lesson this course attempts to teach (laughs) i always say i love jesus with his wry irony attempt being the uh, operative word here you know yeah this is what we're trying to teach um i understand a lot of people have problems understanding that but we're going to attempt to teach there is no world and then other people oh no he didn't really mean that (laughs) that's right i told Uh, you earlier i told you my theory is you know and and you know Jesus has a great sense of humor, so he doesn't mind me sharing this I believe he was drunk when he when he dictated much of the course, and that's why he had to come back later and make these changes oh i didn't mean that whole thing about the world not being real Oh, i was I was hammered that day when, <laughs> so, right, it says, uh, the, the course world, is the world, uh, go ahead
1: yeah, it says uh, the world you see is an illusion of a world God did not create it. And, there's, and these people are saying, "Well, oh, oh, God did create the yeah. Of course, says God did create the world.
0: It's a different world, <laughs> an improved yeah. world. We still have bodies, and, uh, but they're light, light bodies. We float around and shine to each other.
1: Now, uh, uh, yes, uh, there was more editing done in the uh, first five chapters, right, of the course, and practically no editing done in the last twenty-six chapters. And uh, the first five chapters were not easy for Helen. Uh, She had just started uh, scribing Jesus. And uh, there was a lot of personal material for uh, her and Bill. And by the way, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Ken Wapnick was never an editor of the course. Uh, He never changed the course. He never edited it. Helen Shuckman was always the editor, and she was edited by Jesus. Uh, Ken's only contribution was that he acted as her assistant uh, toward the end, especially with consistent capitalization and uh, contributed subchapter titles right. and things like that. But he never edited the course. You know, it's so ridiculous to think that Helen Shuckman and Bill Sadford, who had been working with like for like nine years since the beginning, you know, or uh, seven years when Ken first came on the scene, what are they going to do? Uh, take what Helen described as her life's work and turn it over to this kid? Who they barely knew at the time, who was like thirty years old, you know, yeah. and just let him change the whole thing, you know, and he would have had to change the whole thing, right? Uh, unless, of course, he wrote the last twenty-six chapters. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's you and I. We have the, that personal theory that yeah, Ken Wapnick actually wrote the whole thing except for that little bit at the beginning. <laughs> that's right, why right. it's so and, different.
2: Right.
1: Then he had to go back and edit the beginning in order to match the last twenty-six <laughs> chapters. <laughs> Oh the course so uh and that brings up uh actually another subject I mean, I'm not going to keep going on about this because we could do a whole show oh yeah uh just on this but there are people who will see stuff in the first five chapters and they don't even understand that you know they don't even understand understand the first five chapters like when it uses uses the word souls for oh, example you're right uh s o u l s uh they see that and they fly off the handle and say aha you see There's more than one of us. It's individuality, souls. (laughs) And they don't get it. They don't understand that the Course, uh, at many times, throughout the entire Course, uses the word sonship. Mm -hmm. And the word sonship denotes all of the seemingly split-off parts of the mind that we think we are. It's not saying that that is real. It's saying that that's where you think you are. You think that you are part of a sonship. The truth is that you are God's one son that you are Christ, and all of those individuals who think that they are just part of it are actually the one. The Holy Spirit thinks in terms of oneness and wholeness. Uh, How could anybody read the Course and disagree with that? But what they do is they, uh, yes, at first uh, the word was souls, and then it eventually evolved uh, through Jesus editing Helen into the word sonship. But it doesn't mean that there more than one of us, except in our false experience. And the truth is, there is just one of us, and that is a condition of oneness. And uh, that's why the Course describes enlightenment as the awareness of perfect oneness. That oneness is not in people's awareness, uh, for the most part. But it will come to your awareness if you do the Course and if you actually practice uh, the kind of forgiveness that undoes the ego, which is the thought of separation, which is the thought that we could be individuals who are separate from each other and separate from god
0: right, yeah, and which and that is inherently our problem is that we think we're separate individuals, and then and because that's like the the ego's most cherished belief, so of course that's the one that. People don't realize that's why they have such a hard time letting go, because that's the, really the ultimately difficult thing to let go. But all of the course is all about letting that go. Uh, you know, the other thing about the editing too—it's it, like I, I always love the idea that oh, this was taken away and changed, as if you had this seemingly miraculous occurrence of Jesus speaking to have, through Helen Schuckman uh, giving this material that we can accept. But then Jesus was somehow powerless to prevent it from being totally perverted and changed. Like, he's all-powerful to begin with, but then he just completely collapsed. Again, maybe he started drinking later in the day. I don't, I'm not sure. But how can you believe the That's one right. part and not the other? How do you believe that he was intimately involved in the conveyance of this amazing message, and then he just dropped the ball? Because, you know, that just simply doesn't make sense.
1: Well, he must have uh, chosen the wrong people.
0: <laughs> that was it yeah the liars he chose those lying people who (laughs) yeah, jesus
1: uh made a mistake he chose a bunch of liars to uh give his course to
0: (laughs) and one of the things that i've heard i'm not even i don't know who to attribute it to but it was about how jesus now because he speaks through through other people now and i don't knock that jesus speaks through everyone he speaks through me. There are many times I, you know, have received either guidance or, in some cases, specific words. So I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I'm saying it's never in. You know, I hear from Jesus a lot. Quite honestly, it's never inconsistent with the course's teaching, because that's his teaching. But the one theory is that, well, you know, he he has taken the teaching beyond that. That was okay for the time, but now it's a new course. It's better and improved as if he had to come back and fix it now the thing to keep in mind though seriously is that the original course was dictated from outside of time so it wasn't like he was limited and now he's grown or <laughs> got it clearer now and they'll well it's because you have well he gave the message that was meant for for all time you know because it came from beyond time had he wanted to make a change down the line he would have done it then because there's no down the line for for jesus in his Position. He is beyond time, so it's always now for him. So this is the message he wanted. And, uh, you know, the Course ties everything up rather nicely, leaving you in the charge of your own inner teacher, the Holy Spirit. The Course gives you the preparation where that works for you now. So then Jesus doesn't have. I always think it's like Columbo. You know, he's all done. He's done. He's walking. Okay, your Holy Spirit's in charge. Ah, oh, I'll wait him. I'm sorry. One more thing. One more thing. I forgot. My 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 wife Mary Magdalene. She wanted me to ask you one more thing about the bodies thing. Are they real or are they really going to be there? Right? You're not gonna. This whole world is like. Oh yeah, that's right. I knew I got it wrong. So you know.
1: Well, I've actually heard people uh, who call themselves course teachers say, "Oh, thank God, we don't have to study the course anymore." <laughs> And, uh, it's like, I listen to what these people are saying, and as far as I can see, they never studied it anyway. Mm. And it's like, uh, you know, there's so much that they don't understand, like the concept of metaphor, you know, the idea that when it talks about, uh, you know, duality and more than one, and individuality, uh, that's always metaphor. And when it talks about the truth, which is oneness and wholeness, and, uh... You know, the fact that the Holy Spirit sees oneness everywhere. Everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself.
2: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, they don't understand the difference that uh, the Course is attempting to undo the ego, undo the idea of separation. So, uh, I would agree with you that everybody has access to the Holy Spirit. Everybody has access uh, to Jesus. Uh, The problem is that if you haven't done the Course, and if you don't realize that salvation is undoing and the undoing of the ego, then when you're uh, channeling Jesus or the Holy Spirit or whatever, your ego, which has not been undone, is acting as interference to actually hearing the message of the Holy Spirit. Putting
0: the blocks and the filters in, in the way of it.
1: Right. So, you know, those are the blocks to the awareness of love's presence that the Course is talking about. And if you don't, Uh, undo the ego through that certain kind of forgiveness that the Course teaches, which is the miracle, then you can't really hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You can't really hear the voice of Jesus, because the ego is there uh, putting in its own version of uh, what Jesus supposedly is saying.
0: And, you know, it's not an all-or-nothing proposition. So for anybody who's who's new or, 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 you know, has come to the course recently, it's not like, oh, God, oh, it'll take me forever to get to that. Well, it happens progressively. I mean, as we remove some of the blocks, we get more clarity. And as we pull, you know, as we, we keep undoing the ego in, in as we talk about, like layers of the onion. You keep peeling it back, it gets thinner and thinner. So the Holy Spirit comes through more and more clearly. So it's progressively a benefit to you. Yeah, there's an ultimate goal to be reached, but but there are many goals along the way that we reach. So it be, does become clearer and clearer, but it's a, it's a tough slog uh, and many times at first and sometimes a little later, we think we've made great progress and then there something big comes along and seems to set us back because the ego, doesn't go quietly. You know, and it, it it marshals its forces when it feels threatened.
1: That's true. And uh if I'd like beginner students to understand something is that when the course talks about something, it doesn't mean that it's real. Right. You know, if it if it talks about souls, if it talks about the sonship, uh if it talks about uh people seemingly being separate, if it talks about the ego, if it talks about all these crazy things it doesn't mean that it's real it is describing what the course itself says is a delusional thought system you know, it's talking about something that is delusional and delusional is not real it's seeing things and acknowledging things that are not real and the purpose of the course is to undo all of that so that you can get in touch with reality
0: and uh... you know you things even like uh... refers to god weeping for for his son not being in full communication with him. It doesn't mean that God's literally crying. God holds you in his arms. It doesn't mean that God literally has arms, but these are metaphors that have a, a resonance with us in the human state we think we currently are. So I think Jesus, you know, being someone who embraces both, I, I think I've mentioned this before, somebody once referred to Jesus as, as the author of the course as a transhuman source. And I thought, wow, what a great term, because it's like Jesus fully understands and, and literally embraces the human experience, but is beyond it at the same time. So he's transhuman. So it's not, he's not a disembodied spiritual teacher and source. He He understands it both. So he can be fully empathetic with with our plight <laughs> and get it completely and yet have the complete solution to offer us so that's a that's a, a wonderful person to be your teacher to be your guide uh, so so he offers these nice metaphorical things that, that that we do feel comfortable with but we should not confuse them with any kind of reality and he makes that really clear throughout
1: exactly and uh you know I'm glad you brought that up because Everything you say is true, and when it comes to that idea that uh, God weeps for his children, that's a perfect example of uh, metaphor in the Course, and dualistic thinking being metaphor in the Course, because elsewhere in the Course, the Course specifically says uh, that God knows not of separation. Yeah. In other words, he doesn't even know about it because he is still perfect oneness. He is still the perfect oneness of heaven, and to become aware of the, you know, that condition of perfect oneness, that is enlightenment, and that is awakening. And what you awaken to is perfect oneness. You don't become more awake in the dream, which is what so many people want. It's like they want to uh, retain their individuality. They want to keep their personal existence and uh, somehow, magically, the world is all going to become enlightened, and we're all going to walk around, we're all going to be angels, but we'll still maintain our individuality. Uh, No, that is still a separation idea. And the only thing that is not separation is perfect oneness, and the Course is relentlessly uncompromising on that, all through its 1,300 uh, pages, all through its half a million words, uh... It, it is so uncompromising on that it's actually hard to believe that people can still uh... you know keep going on and on about how the course is teaching that the world is real and, and we're real and, and separation is real when that is so much the opposite of what the course is teaching
0: Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people just as a as a maybe this is a little learning uh... suggestion for people i think a lot of folks kind of read through the course quickly and maybe because it's so voluminous, you well, I'm going to have to blast through this, and you know I know people who oh, I discovered this thing years ago, I read the whole course in one weekend, boy, did I get it It's like. No, I don't care if you're Evelyn Woods. You, nobody can read that fast. It's said old, old reading reference for people. Um, the uh, you can't possibly get all of the nuance, and I mean, you can spend a whole day on a paragraph or one small section of the text to just savor it. I mean, it's like it's so rich. There's so much beauty, not only just to enjoy in that sense, but content. I mean, the rich content that's given, the, the information that's being conveyed about these really deep subjects to be able to present it in a way, but you need to take time to absorb it. And I think that's one reason. And as you and I have discussed, a lot of people never really do the workbook. And that's absolutely essential to being under to being able to understand the text and, and the manual and the other parts of the course. The workbook is, is like, it's the workout. You can study all day about weight, lifting but you actually have to lift some weights if you're going to get stronger so you've got to do the workbook to get the i always call them the spiritual chops That then when you go back and even if you've read the text after the workbook when you've really done the workbook right spent that year at least in the workbook and you've done it properly, then you go back to the text, it's like, whoa, where did all this meaning come from? It just means so much more, because now you, you, you have the ability to process it. But people who haven't done that and then think that they get it, I think that, that's the way you're most prone to really not getting it, to, to being mistaken about yeah. stuff.
1: Absolutely. Uh, in fact, I recommend to people that when they read the text, uh, don't read more than two pages a day. Yeah. You know, uh, in, if you do that, if you read two pages a day, even if you skipped some days, then you would still read the entire text over the course of a year. And uh, the difference is you would get it so much better. Uh, you could take those two pages, take the ideas, apply them to what you're seeing around you, to what's going on in your life. And it could be very much like the experience of doing the workbook. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you would uh, understand it more. You would have a better chance of taking in these ideas, and I think that you would start to understand that the Course uh, does not need to be interpreted, which is a big misunderstanding that people have. Uh, The Course needs to be understood. It does not need to be interpreted. In fact, uh, the Course says that it was original thinking that got us into this mess in the first place, and what we need to do is we need to learn how to listen. It's like uh, it says right near the beginning, all are called, but few choose to listen, And uh Jesus was not the ultimate leader that people think he was. He was actually the ultimate follower. You know, he says in the course, uh eventually I just listened to one voice. You know, he just listened to the Holy Spirit. And if you listen, then you can see that the Course is saying something very specific and uh all that you have to do is get what it's saying. Rather than making up your own version of what it's saying, uh listen to what it's saying and if you do you will see that it is saying the same thing uh, in 1,000 different ways.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's always consistent uh, from beginning to end, including those first five chapters that everybody thinks is different. And, uh, I mean, it starts right off with this most advanced principles in those first 50 uh, miracles principles. I mean, what do you want? You know, those things uh, cannot be interpreted. They have to be understood by being put uh, into the context of the entire Course which is why I tell people that the course is actually a very big teaching. You know, people are making it a very small teaching. It's actually a very big teaching and uh in order to get it you have to be willing to see the big message. You have to be willing to see the forest instead of nitpicking the trees. You know, people yeah. are nitpicking the sentences in uh the first five chapters of the course. They're not even reading the other twenty six chapters and uh they're not seeing the big message. When the course talks about uh, you know the awareness of love 's presence, which is your natural inheritance it 's not talking about your own individual love that you think is so special it's talking about real love it 's talking about the love of God, and that love that natural inheritance is nothing less than the kingdom of heaven and that 's why I say the course is a big teaching because it it aims at undoing the entire ego structure and replacing it with heaven, replacing it with the Holy Spirit, which will lead you uh, to that heaven, which is an experience, not something that you're going to be walking around shaking people's hands uh, in, but where you can actually experience the perfect oneness of God, which is that great mystical experience that the masters of history have talked about. Uh, you know, it's a very big teaching, and I see people uh, just, you know, dumbing it down to uh, to where it's practically nothing when
0: the truth is it's everything. Yeah. And it's so funny you know as you say too that I'm not I'm not picking on somebody but he's been in one of the spoofs so I can I can use his name but it's like I've heard people say, "Oh yeah, I, I did the course and you know, now I've moved on to Eckerd Tolly." So, uh, <laughs> yeah. it could just as easily be Byron Katie or anybody else for that matter, but it's not something you move on to. I mean, you can incorporate uh, wisdom or things that, that, that help you make you feel good from other sources, but you know, the course is the course. And and if you, if you stay with it, the results will continue to improve and and you'll continue. As you say, it's, it's. As big a book as it is, the teaching is bigger still, because it's not just the book. You're opening yourself to the Holy Spirit, which is then, as the Course says, your inner teacher who takes your learning beyond what the Course itself teaches. So you don't need another book, and you don't need another guru or a different teacher. You now have your real teacher, the Holy Spirit, who then guides you above and beyond? But you you have plenty to work with with just the course itself to get to that point.
1: Yes, and uh, you know it reminds me of one more thing about uh, the idea of this all being real, which so many people want it to be. When it comes to forgiveness, and the course is brand of forgiveness. At one point, uh, Jesus said to Helen, uh, "He said you have made it real, and so you cannot forgive it." Mm. it's like a fundamental uh, tenet of the Course. Forgiveness does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin. Why? Because there is no world. And nothing has happened except a dream. Yes, uh, events in a dream appear to happen. Uh, Does that make the dream real? No. You know, that's the point. And uh, if you make it real, you cannot forgive it. And uh, so if you don't understand that, you know, fundamental... Uh, part of the Course, then you can't even practice the Course's brand of forgiveness, which is the miracle that undoes the ego in the first place. So if you're going to run around making the world real, you literally cannot do A Course in Miracles. It's not
0: possible. Yeah. And and the essence of forgiveness, as the Course teaches it, is the the release of any belief in the reality of the thing you're forgiving. You're not forgiving it. You're seeing there is no it. There's no there there. There's no it, that this is not real. And you do that by turning it over to the Holy Spirit to take this illusion from me. And in that, it is forgiven. But that that takes some doing, but it it is very doable.
1: Yeah. You know, uh brings up one more thing that I've read. Cause, you know, you can't help but see these things uh, on the Internet sometimes. And uh, it's like... Uh I I saw one student I don't know how long she's been studying the course, she certainly sounded like a beginner, but that doesn't always mean anything. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, she said, Oh, the uh the universe is not going to disappear as some people say <laughs> but it's going to <laughs> it's going to be replaced by God's kingdom. You know, so now they're going to uh turn this into uh, heaven on earth, which is what they really want. Right. But they say individuals. And, uh, you know, then everyone will be walking around uh, in some holy state, I guess. But uh, the problem with that is that it's still a separation idea. And what what the the Universe is, is about is the fact that the Course is very articulate in uh, pointing out that the world is a dream. You know, it's a dream that has no reality. Uh, it's an idle dream. Uh, it goes to such lengths to teach that. You know, it says things like, uh, what if you recognize this world as a hallucination? You know, what if you really understood, you made it up? You know, it says you would not react at all to figures in a dream. You knew that you were dreaming. You know, it says let them be as as hateful and vicious as they may. They could have no effect on you unless you fail to recognize it is your dream. It's like it goes, you know, on and on and on about how this is a dream that has no reality that you will awaken from. Now what happens like when you wake up from a dream that you were having in bed last night, what happens to the dream when you wake up? it disappears, it's gone, it doesn't exist anymore, and the reason it doesn't exist anymore is because it never really existed in the first place except in your mind you know and and that is so uh fundamental to the course that if people don't understand these things i don't I really don't get how they think that they're doing A Course in Miracles. I don't mind them doing something else. Right. But don't do something that is so the opposite of the Course and then claim that it's A Course in Miracles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've said the same thing, too, that, uh, you know, it's a, people can believe different things. I'm not saying the course is necessarily the right path for everybody at this time. Uh, you know, follow the Kabbalah, you know, do other things, uh, you know, the, the Tao. There are plenty of things, and they have great value in many cases. But if you're going to do the course, don't water it down. Don't try to alter it. Don't try to bend it to your own wishes and use it because you think it's a catchy name. And, uh, you know, you can... Sell musicals or whatever it is, <laughs> who am I talking about? uh you know but no we're we're talking about different people, but we both feel the same way that yeah don't don't try to bastardize the course, you bastards <laughs> oh now, now we have, yeah. I'll have to bleep that out later. I probably won't. They say that on South Park it's not so tough um it just well, you
1: know the funny thing is gene i'm I'm friends with some of these people, which is really, really weird because I've been you know going all around meeting all these course teachers for like twelve years right. You know, so it's like, uh, you know, people might not know it by a couple of recent articles, but, you know, Tony Ponticello and I are actually friends.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, some some of these other people uh, that don't see eye-to-eye with me, uh, we've always gotten along with each other. Uh, we don't have any trouble uh, running into each other and giving each other a hug. You know, it's just that uh, I'm not going to be able to go along with the fact that what they're saying about the Course is not true. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, a uh, few people have asked, you know, about my relationship with Tony. Uh, I've always cut him a lot of slack, you know, because uh, he's, he's a real personality, and he's a fun guy, and, uh, you know, it's really a hoot to, <laughs> to hang around with him. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, he has this, uh, it's kind of like an ancient hatred the Foundation for a Peace, the Foundation for A Course in Miracles. Yeah. You know, even after most of them are dead, you know, he just can't let it go. And uh, so he actually went as far uh, as the conference in New York City this year, uh, calling A Course in Miracles a lie, saying that it was edited by beginner students, (laughs) which is, is, uh, you know, totally false. And uh, it was edited, yeah, by one person who had been, uh, you know, familiar with it for about, uh, I'd say, seven years. Well, Wait, say from 65 to the beginning of the scribing, it was actually published in 75. So she had been familiar with it for 10 years at that time, which is not a beginner student. And uh, Helen Schuchman, the one editor of the course, was actually edited by Jesus, who she never stopped scribing. Indeed, she scribed the uh, psychotherapy section and the song of prayer section even after uh... the course was published you know so she never stopped working with jesus she was always channeling jesus obviously and you know it's just uh... you know too bad that some people will only see what they want to see instead of learning something from the course Yeah. and uh... tony you know i think he just uh... crossed the line to the point where i couldn't participate anymore even though i had done six of these conferences in a row and i always brought more people to these conferences than anybody else did and uh, I, once he started calling them a, a bunch of liars i just uh, couldn't participate in that anymore and neither could cindy so uh... we're doing the conference in england <laughs> you know, uh... in april we're going over to do the uh, course miracles conference in england uh... ian patrick uh... who is, really does try to stick uh... To the message of the course and he has uh, teachers at this conference who really do try to stick to the message, and there'll be about half a dozen of us, well maybe eight of us in uh, birmingham in england so i 'd especially like all my friends in Europe uh, to know that we 're doing that and to uh, come over and see us in August because I think I mean in April because I think uh, it'll be a great conference
0: and that 's in England, not in Ireland, but uh, I guess you get a lot of uh, joint folk from uh, the the all the islands over there in Europe as well. Coming to that,
1: yeah, we do. In fact, uh, about oh, I think it was maybe four years ago, I did uh, a course in miracles conference in Ireland, and it was really great. And there were a lot of people there. And this one will be in Birmingham in England. And uh, yeah, you'll get people from all over the UK and Ireland, which is not a part of the UK. Which I they right. immediately
0: reminded clarified me that very clearly for you. I guess <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, I was that. When I was there, and uh, yeah, we do get people, you know, come over from all over Europe. And uh, sometimes, you know, people from further away, people come from uh, Canada, Australia, uh, Asia now, I'm sure. A couple of people have told me that they're coming from Asia. So uh, it's a great thing. And the reason I say is because there are people who respect the scribes of the Course. You know, they respect the Foundation for Inner Peace, as I do. And the Foundation for a Course in Miracles, uh, Ken Wobnick, God bless him, all the work that uh, he did to train the translators of the Course uh, and bring the Course to the world. And I have such deep respect for them. And then to just have somebody uh, basically dismissing them and calling them a, b- a bunch of liars, uh, I just couldn't participate in that uh, once I heard that. So, uh, you know, I'm, uh, we're not enemies or anything. It's just uh, and Tony and I can get along fine with each other personally. But I just can't support uh, teachers who aren't really interested in teaching what the course is actually saying.
0: Yeah, I got it entirely. Listen, we uh, I know you have to go. You've stayed a little longer than you said because you've apparently some, some heavy spiritual activity like getting your car fixed or something you have to go do. And, uh <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's right. Cause, uh, when it comes to cars, we say a lot of, oh, my God, comes into play. So it probably is a spiritual experience. We uh, I, I had some questions lined up, but I know we're planning to do another podcast fairly soon. The last time, we what we did was we did kind of two podcasts fairly close together, one of which was all about uh, your travelogue and stuff, and then the, the second one was all questions. So why don't we just save this, and we'll do a questions for Gary segment. Uh, almost the whole podcast in our next one, if you want to. Not that today, today we did some of your travel because you were talking a lot about the content of what happened in in Korea as well as as other parts of Asia, which is is pretty germane to to course study uh, as it spreads through the world. But we also talked a lot about uh, the course itself, so it's not like we didn't cover course content because we like to do that That's every right. time. Uh-huh.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I did want I do want to talk about Asia a little bit, but I'm. I don't always have to talk about my travels, and uh, I think the next uh, episode we could get right to the questions. Yeah, do uh, do a whole. We could do an hour Q and A if you want.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Because we have we have quite a few here. We have both new and old. We have a couple that just came in within the last uh, month or two, and then others going way back in the wayback machine. So uh, so we'll get to All that right, as well. We'll Probably
1: do that uh, you know quicker uh, than usual. Uh, there have been. Uh, you know things that have been going on behind the scenes that people uh... don't know about uh... including health issues with both uh... you and helen
0: yeah and maybe we can
1: talk about that you know a little bit more uh... the next time also
0: yeah yeah i did i wanted to bring that up to people um... I'll, I'll give you an update on the stuff with my eyesight and things that have actually been good news so i'll tell you that now with helen i'll just make it real briefly here because we're going to talk about this in more depth very soon uh, but we do have a, a, a health situation with Helen that is concerning. At the same time, we have very good prospects for a good outcome with everything. We're going to let everybody know specifically. But it, it's it's a serious issue that we we do want to deal with. We have a few more things to get cleared up. Uh, before we're and that'll be very quickly, and so it'll be soon that we'll be making a, a more public announcement through. You said you'd share it in your newsletter. I will from our Forgiveness TV newsletter, and of course on social media. And then you and I can chat more about it on our next podcast when when we'll know specifically and everybody's on the same page with that. So in the meantime, continue to keep us in your thoughts and prayers, and we will keep everybody updated on uh, everything that's going on.
1: That's great, buddy. So, any uh, any
0: closing thoughts for us father gary any 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 little homily from the good father himself
1: well i think i want to uh you know emphasize that the course is saying that instead of giving truth to our illusions what we need to do is we need to give our illusions to the truth and uh that would be uh metaphorically giving our illusions to the holy spirit giving them up instead of clinging to them uh forgiving them instead of making them real and undoing the ego so that we can experience and ultimately it it is about experience even though uh, the course looks very intellectual i think you could say in a way that that half a million words in the course are meant to bring us to a place that is beyond all words so uh... i would say you know try actually doing it and doing the course is kind of forgiveness that undoes the ego and that in turn will lead to the experience that the course is directed toward But uh, in order to do that, in order to practice forgiveness, you can't make it real. You have to understand that it is not real and that it needs to be replaced with something else. And that reality is a spirit that is perfect oneness, that uh, the Holy Spirit is always leading us in the direction of.
0: Well, as I'm sure you've all noted, It's been a while since we had a podcast episode, and uh, in fact, it's been a while since we had the conversation with Gary and I that comprised this episode, and the reason everything has been so delayed is what we talked about right at the end of the podcast when Gary and I discussed uh, Helen's health situation, and enough time has passed now. I'm sure a number of you have probably already heard what's going on, so I'm not breaking the news here although this is the first time we're, we're actually talking about it in a podcast. Uh, during the course of this past year, my beloved Helen was diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, so obviously that has taken up a great deal, almost entirely, uh, all of our time and efforts. Uh, and that has just, you know, taken everything else kind of off the rails, and, you know, because that has become our complete priority. Um, I don't want to talk about it in, at length here just because it would take another hour to to discuss all that and we'll find some format where we can as gary and i mentioned uh we will discuss this in our next podcast and it will be sooner than this nothing could be longer than than this delay between this one and the previous but it won't be nearly that long we'll we'll do them more more frequently now at any rate uh helen's diagnosis was quite serious uh the treatment thank god has been working wonderfully uh just real quickly she dealt with a protocol of chemotherapy and two other targeted therapies for a number of months uh now the chemotherapy has run its course she continues with these targeted therapies that luckily they do not have side effects so that will continue on indefinitely at this point but we just recently got some news we'll talk about it more very quickly in public but i'll just let you know here the news was extremely positive it's really really great news So thank God we've had something very serious in the ego's way of duality. We had something that was one of the most serious topics one could be faced with. And now we've had some excellent news in regard to that. So it's a (laughs) yo-yo, it bounced back and forth throughout all the emotions and everything else that, that goes with that. But at any rate we appreciate your thoughts and prayers. We have all since we've been talking about this a bit we've heard from a number of people expressing their love and concern. Um uh, Helen had begun a GoFundMe page because obviously our our finances have just been an unimaginable challenge getting through this and that has been a godsend for us. So she is so grateful for each and every person who has contributed. Uh, some folks aren't in a position to contribute or not guided to, but they have left wonderful words of encouragement and that means a lot to her as well. So if you would, let me just ask you, go to the the main page at forgiveness.tv and right up front there, you'll see uh, a link, a picture of Helen receiving therapy at the time and uh, a link to her GoFundMe page where she has written up at quite some length a a really extensive piece telling about how how everything started and and uh what we've been doing with it she's very quickly now within the next day or two going to have an update for that uh within a day or two of the release of this show um because she's almost ready to to sign off on that An update telling you about this newer results that we've had so so the updates will be there so you can connect with her and with with me as well through that GoFundMe page, and also um, in social media. On Facebook, you can connect with me or with Helen or both of us if you're not already. I know that many of our listeners, uh, you, we're already podcast we're already podcast pals, but we're Facebook friends as well. So uh, if not, please connect with me and or Helen or both of us. We're, we're always thrilled to, to connect with folks, and, and that's a great way to keep in touch about these things because Helen posts those updates right there. So that would be great if uh, for those who can help us out as I say we're uh, you know we went through this a few years ago with my situation and now it's it's a similar thing we're just scraping along and there are so many so many not only the medical expenses themselves but everything in life that's associated with, uh, with this ongoing care that, that we are dealing with and, uh, and the myriad doctor and medical appointments that we deal with on such a regular basis. But the main thing is the outcome and thank God things are, are looking really good right now. So continue with that if you would. And, uh, you know, stop by, make sure you check out, uh, forgiveness.tv and also, when you're busy on the web, don't forget to check out Gary's website, which is cleverly named right after himself. It's GaryRenard.com, and uh, you can you can find out all stuff about his schedule. And, and he and I will have uh, more updates about not only this, but about our podcasts, which which are, of course, continuing and more frequently now. So uh, we thank you all for that so much. God bless you, and, and we, we can't tell you how much it means the support and love you share with us, especially during a challenging time like this. But as I'll say at the end of the show, again, and I'll say it right now, and we we never discover it more clearly than at times like this. Whatever the circumstance, forgiveness is always the answer. There's no question about it. And don't forget that the Gary Renard podcast is released by Enlighten Up Creations and delivered, sorta of delivered, through forgiveness.tv. That's our web presence All verbal content of our programs is copyright 2016, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. All rights reserved, and as always, all grievances forgiven. This is Gene Bogart saying thank you so much, not only for your patience in waiting for this show, which for for some of you out there, you weren't even alive when the last show came out. You've been born, you went to school, you're in college now, and you're here in the Gary Renard Podcast for the first it's been so long. But uh, it won't be as long for the next one. So please stay tuned with that. Um, while you're at Forgiveness.tv, also sign up for our, our newsletter list. We'll have we'll have updates coming along there. But social media is great. Facebook is, is a wonderful way to connect. And please check out Helen's GoFundMe fundraising page there as well. If only just to read her story and drop us a, a line of encouragement. That would be great. So until the next podcast, thank you all so very much. This is Gene Bogart saying, again, because it's worth repeating, that no matter what the question, truly, really, I promise you, forgiveness is always the answer.